0: Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I am Annie Crittenden, a writer and editor in Los Angeles, and I am joined by my two lovely co-hosts this holiday season. I'm Huai Chen Bui, a writer for Slash Film at a pop culture journalist in New
1: York. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area.
2: So today we are heading to the stars. We're rising. i <laughs> At astra. we're doing ad astra part two anya's reckoning do not mock me with this do
0: not do not even Tease we me. are we rising are going to the
2: occasion
0: of a new we, star wars movie no 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 guys we're going to the stars it's true because we're going to the heavy side layer. oh yes uh, the heavy side layer is
2: space right it's space heaven it goes to space yes <laughs> Can
0: angelical
2: cats breathe
1: in space? Is this, this space? a cat's
2: reference? This
0: is a cat's reference. This is a I cat's don't... reference. It's not the first time you'll get a cat's reference in this episode. But we're <laughs> not talking about you know, Ad Astra we'll the or cats
2: today. What we're talking about <laughs> what we're reviewing for our millenn- Millennial Movie Review this week is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. So Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker is the ninth film in the main Star Wars saga, the Skywalker saga, and it is directed by J.J. Abrams, written by J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio, and stars Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, the um, footage from Force Awakens of Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Adam Driver, Oscar Isaac, um, Billy Dee Williams, Carrie Russell, Naomi Ackie, Anthony Daniels, and more. And it follows the surviving resistance as they face the First Order once more. Ray, Finn, and Poe Dameron's journey continues. The, with the power and knowledge of generations behind them, the final battle commences. So, this is the end of the Skywalker saga, guys. And it's a we saga it. that's been, what, 40 years in the making?
1: Forty-two.
2: Forty-two years in the making,
1: including if I mean, if you want to, okay, if you want to include pre-production time, it's more like forty-six.
2: It's been a a a saga, forty-six years in the making. Sure has
1: been a saga. It's
2: been a saga, and I want to know, guys, was it all worth it? I'm gonna start with the positives, actually. I'm gonna go with Willoughby first. Was it all worth it? Did Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker work for you as the ending of this decade's culminating saga?
1: It's a lot to put on me right away. <laughs> um,
2: does it work for you as a does movie? It,
1: does it, uh, as a, oh, that's, that's a worse question. Um, <laughs> or that's, I, that's a different answer. Um, as a culmination of everything Star Wars Skywalker saga related it succeeds in that way kind of most of the part. It's really complicated there's like like Russian dolls within Russian dolls here because it's the end of first of all, it's a movie as uh, it's a motion picture. Uh, it has to conclude a trilogy of films and then it also has to conclude a trilogy of trilogy of films. So it has to do a lot, and this is me stalling to basically say that I think it succeeds in wrapping up the Skywalker saga, specifically the Skywalker saga. Um, We we can get into what the character characters conclude because they don't but that's also because it's an ongoing franchise that's going to get comic books and books and TV shows and the, the, nothing ever ends now. Um, and, but as a, as a movie, I liked it. I had fun with it. I definitely have problems with it. Um, I think that, I mean, like, here, here like, pure, pure emotionally, I had a lot of fun with it, and I like you know by the end of it like like, like I clapped up at the quote-unquote right times to clap I was shocked when I was supposed to be shocked like the movie worked on me specifically Willoughby Dobbs filmmaker in the DC area um so but like but I think it's I think it's a real like this is a weird thing to say but I think it's a real personal taste sort of deal whereas I feel like I feel like a lot of these movies like Star Wars is a very crowd pleasing movie or you know movie series and everybody should take away from it like the great things about it but like we all know the prequels suck but you know if you grew up with them you have like a certain fondness for the characters and for the for the stories that are told in them Bond so like you sort Lee of have Etgon
0: and you and Ewan McGregor's obi for Wan me, Kenobi for me it was the pod
1: racing now that's pod racing um. Now this is pod racing. Um, So, like, there's certain rose-colored glasses or Sith-colored glasses on the prequels, and obviously the original trilogy has beloved fans of all time, and, like, you know, like, everyone sort of loves that. Um, And and the the sequel series has been sort of this, you know, divisive, unfortunately incredibly divisive uh, uh, trilogy. And I think people like people are wildly mixed on the the last movie and you know one could see that as a problem the other one can see that you know you 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 put into star wars you, you, you take from star wars what you put into it um which is all me trying to wrap up and saying that i like the movie but i had problems with it I, you know like we're gonna talk more spoilery stuff later but like I had a fun ride with. It. I had a fun time with it. I'm gonna go see it again with my dad, um, and you know I'll watch it on Blu-ray. I'll do marathons with it. It has not ruined Star Wars for me. I don't think this movie could have, unless it really fucked up, which I don't think it did. Even though it did fuck up some things, specifically some Last Jedi stuff, some even even some Force Awakens stuff. Uh, this movie was these movies, series were not made with a showrunner, and that's kind of a problem um but i had fun i i laughed i cried i laughed again i cried again but yeah was, I, I wish i could be like overall enthusiastic but i think that the movie has a it's i wouldn't say it's as bad as the prequels nothing nothing's as bad as the prequels um but like it doesn't definitely has like st- like story beats. I think I'm rambling here at this point. No. But I you are a resident
2: a, Star Wars expert, so I want to hear from you and I want to to know why you loved it so much.
1: I mean, I, honestly I don't see. I think I'd say I, I loved it. I you I liked, liked
2: it, it so lot. much. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, like you know I think I I the the action was compelling. I, I eat up the nostalgia. Like that's just who I am. I'm a very nostalgic person. You guys can attest to this. Uh so like the when you know, when iconography is kinda put up on screen on screen, I sort of, I I eat it up and like I don't know, you know, I'm I may be JJ Abrams' targeted person. Not to say that I like hate The Last Jedi, I love The Last Jedi. And like this movie does a weird thing with that movie. Uh but and J.J. Abrams is definitely having a weird conversation with Ryan Johnson uh, across these films, but uh, like, I still like, you know, there's a lightsaber on screen. I'm going to be excited about it. Um, What was I going to say? Something about... Oh, I think this movie would have been better if they split it up into two movies and stretched it out, Uh, which is sort of sacrosanct to say about a Star Wars trilogy, but like... uh, I, I sort of I was listening to the Blank Check podcast and they reviewed Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker as well, and they sort of mentioned that like a lot of a lot of shit happens in the first hour, and then also a lot of stuff happens in the second hour, and there's sort of two different types of movies at that point. And my brain went, oh, just like the Deathly Hallows, um, whereas Deathly Hallows is more of a journey quest to find things, and then the second movie is the big battle. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what this movie is but it's just compressed into one film. It's almost like they adapted, of, they adapted a novel instead of adapting it into two parts of a novel. So the the I have a lot of issues with the pacing of this film. That's sort of, like, from a technical standpoint, the largest issue I have. I think that it does rush through a lot of things. Um, I sort of had to keep up with what was happening. And then, and I mean, like, this is not a spoiler. Like, the movie did not do justice for Kelly Marie Tran. Like, that... Like, she just was not... She was basically there to say, I'm going to go study Star Destroyers. Bye. And I was like, that's weird. That's so weird. Like, why would you even bother casting... Like, putting her back in the movie? Is it a contractual issue there? Like, why would they even do that? Because, like, she's great in The Last Jedi, but she has, unfortunately... Like, the trolls have come after that character, and specifically Kelly Marie Tran. She left social media. Uh, Daisy Ridley's has left social media. Like, this is, like... It's an on- the fandom is an ongoing problem and we've talked about toxic fandom and so like this to see her have an incredibly minima- minimalized role was really sad um and really disappointing because she could have been on the millennium falcon throughout the journey she could have been like another crew member like on that uh it's like, ironically, it didn't Don't happen.
0: Don't you know when they're going to introduce another woman of color character who has scenes with Finn that you can't have two women of color have prominent features in a movie? You can't have that!
1: I'm here to say, you can. Come um, oh, not according to
0: J.J. Abrams!
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the character of... Uh, the characters... The, Jana She's a great. She's great. Naomi Ackie's great, but that could have been Rose Tico's character. That could like, they could have been. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not great. But yeah, I I would give this movie. I'm like, spoiler free. I'm positive. I'm mostly positive on this movie. Um, and there's some things I'm not talking about because we're not in spoilers yet. But I had I had some issues reckoning with those. Uh, uh, one could say empirical uh, choices that were made, um, but I was, yeah. I'm like, okay. I, I like the the right, like the the mechanics were there, and they were they were really trying to justify it. They were like really writing around it, and I could see what, like I could see it working. But it is clunky as hell. It is uh, clunky as a battle droid. Um, so, okay, so that's that's my. Uh, I want to say five-hour uh, ramble on the Rise of Skywalker movie. Um, yeah, I mean, Star Wars is near and dear to my heart, and it always will be, and this movie didn't tank that, so I guess, I guess it succeeded.
2: All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go to the o- opposite end of the spectrum of opinion, and I want to ask Anya what your thoughts about the movie was. Did you think it succeeded as the end of Skywalker Saga? What did you think of it
0: as a film? Um, so I have Two, two general like feelings and like moods I've been experienced with this film. Um, so the first one is about the film as a whole, as the end to the trilogy, as the end of the Skywalker saga, as just a a film itself. Um, and my feelings with that are all mostly disappointment, anger, frustration. Um, the best way I can describe this film is that it felt like a cowardly pandering film that was so terrified by the reaction of the last Jedi that it refused to do anything interesting, um, itself or say anything, um, to the point where it, you know, insulted the last Jedi, which is, you know, by far the best, most bold, most inventive Star Wars film in decades. Um, I thought that it had a weak plot, a weak narrative, weak characters, it felt more like fan service and set pieces to kind of just finish the trilogy than actually being made with a lot of heart or thought. Um, so, yeah, it it felt very much like a coward's film that was just full of a lot of hollow pandering. Um, so I'm not a fan of this film. <laughs> My other general reaction to this film is... I would die for good boy, Ben solo in his good boy gap sweater and his happiness. And I would do anything in the world to see him smile. And that's how I, I'm going back and forth between being, wow, this film really upset me to wow. I'd kill and die for Ben solo, Benjamin solo. Organa. Benjamin, that's what I call, he, he is my Benjamin. Um, which Benjamin also be-
1: Franklin Gates Solo, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
1: no. greatest treasure hunter. You were named after the greatest treasure hunter ever.
2: You are oh, named after no. the two best men I've ever
1: known. Benjamin Benjamin Franklin Gates Solo. <laughs> Justice for National <laughs> Treasure Three.
0: <laughs> anyway, um. I have to lighten I, the
1: mood somehow.
0: <laughs> and because, oh, don't worry, there's going to be plenty of like light moods when I just sit here and talk about Adam Driver and Benjamin Solo and can't get the smile off my face because I love him so much and I'm turning into a 13-year-old fangirl again. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Everything's fine here. Um, however, because of this, it also makes me dislike the movie more because of certain cowardly choices made primarily at the end of the film. Uh, that we will talk about, that I'm very upset about. Because when I went into this film, there were two main things I did not want to happen in this film. And they both happened. Yep. So this is where I'm at, folks. You can find me over on AO3 reading fanfic because that's the only place I can be happy.
2: So your criticism actually gets to a lot of The problems and some of the positives I had with this film, because I think Adam Driver really sells the Ben Solo redemption, even though it's one of the most horribly written redemptions I've ever seen. It's so lazy. It's so lazy.
0: But But like his his, performance, his
2: performance is amazing, and I think him and the rest of the cast are the saving grace of this movie. They are so charming and so fun to watch, and um, they. I wouldn't say they elevate a, a pretty bad story, but they do their best with it. And it's fun to watch them on screen. But um, my big problem with this film is that apart from, you know, The Last Jedi uh, attacks that are made explicit throughout the film, uh, and Last Jedi is a film that I, I adore dearly, and I think it's not only one of the best and boldest Star Wars films of the decades, it might actually be the best star like boldest star wars film ever it's something that does some it does something that like other star wars films does not but um rise of skywalker actively tries to walk that back as well as being just a aggressively mediocre movie that is essentially one too long mcguffin ch- chases throughout j.j abrams doesn't seem to have a handle on what story is it's just like a an idea of story beats that are made throughout and have no actual meaning or consequence, and that frustrated me so much. I was like, every time he something happened, there was no reason for it happening, or no explanation, or no actual fallout or anything. It just kind of happens, and that was something that I found myself frustrated by and confused by throughout the film. At the end, I was, just, I wondered if this film was. Really that confusing and convoluted, or if I was just dumb, I'm like is was I not getting the plot of this film, but no it 's just not a good plot, so with that, um, I feel bad because Willoughby's just kind of like <laughs> crossing his arms i don 't want this to be an attack on this film that you love that you like a lot, so we 're going to talk about positives as well as, as negatives, of course i I try to you know cushion a little bit of, as, at the beginning. But we are probably gonna be criticizing this film a lot and uh, it's gonna be up to you, uh, Obi Will Kenobi. You're the only hope for the defenders of this film.
1: You know what? I had an offer to, to direct this film, but I turned it down because I thought I would, you know, I'd do better things, so
2: Well <clears> it's <throat> too bad. Anyways, let's go into the spoiler section of our review. We'll be talking about the plot, character, and themes of this movie. Um, not nece- necessarily in that order, but why don't we go in that order? Why don't we talk about the plot? Because I feel like it's the big sort of glaring element of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Anya.
1: All right. Okay. Let's let's denote right now. If you haven't seen the movie, we're going to start spoiling it yes. in full. Three, two. What? The dead speak!
0: <laughs> but they shouldn't. And for they no reason? The dead speak! For no reason! Pulp-
2: Palpatine is just there. And I was I'm like, so throughout the film, angry. I was like, oh, are he's they going in to this... explain why he's here? And uh-huh. they never do. And suddenly there's just a fleet of Death Stars. And I was like, oh, okay.
0: I guess this is just what's happening now. I <laughs> hated it so much. I hate that Palpatine was in it. I hate that Ray is a Palpatine. I hate everything that has to do with it. It made no sense. It just felt like fan service. It just felt lazy and unoriginal. And I'm so tired. We've seen Palpatine in, like, the first two trilogies, like – let, it, let us be done with him. There are other people in this galaxy. It's so
2: it's so unfortunate because at the end of Last Jedi, Kylo Ren was on the precipice of becoming the most interesting Star Wars villain we've ever seen because he was something who was, someone who's so volatile and so un- unpredictable and immature. And I was like, that's a really interesting villain. That's a real modern villain that I would love to see. Agreed. And um, we don't get any of that just because he's also in his not. own MacGuffin chase. And I was like, okay, I guess Kylo's just chasing things too um but i will say a positive thing about um the, Pal- the ray is a palpatine reveal um i see on a conceptual level where that is compelling because it's the idea that um kylo ren ben solo who came from the light um is you know tempted to the dark and is and uh he has a an opposite foil in ray who Technically came from the dark is trying to be in the light, and they offer two contrasting, you know, like a yin and yin yin and yang kind of thing, and I thought that was interesting in concept, but at the same time, it completely destroys Ray's entire arc. Right.
1: It's
0: and very poor. Hit, it's very boring in execution. It is very boring in execution. If, it makes sense on paper. Mm-hmm.
1: If they, if the, if the last Jedi didn't say or didn't, you know. Confirm. Try to confirm that Ray's parents were nobodies. Then this arguably would have made more sense as like a you know where they were going from the from the Force Awakens because JJ was like here's some mystery boxes. Who's Ray? Who's Snoke? Who are all these people? Let's figure it out in two movies from now. And Ryan Johnson was like no we're not gonna do that. Yeah. And then everyone was like, or most people were like that's this is cool. And then some people were like we hate that. And I was like, I love this. And then the Skywalker was like, we're going to walk this back.
2: Yeah. I saw an interview with J.J. Abrams that he was saying that he and Chris Terrio were trying to build off of you know, the earth shattering reveal to Rey that she came from nothing by making it even more shattering that she came from evil actually. But I think nothing is more shattering than wanting to build something and wanting to become something than finding out that you come from nothing. Because it's the idea that you're fated for something greater and in the end you're not. And it's so much more inspiring to come from nothing and to build and
0: choose to become a hero. I also think that it's possible to still have parallels between her and Kylo. Like, you know, they're, so they're both grandchildren of Sith Lords. Like, one was born into the Light family. One was, like, came from the evil, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, HD. I think it's still possible to build that parallel of, like, okay, we have these two incredible, incredibly powerful Force users. One came from one of the most powerful families in the galaxy, the Skywalkers, and was born into this, like this legacy and this heroic family and stuff. And one came from literally nothing. Mm -hmm. So you can still have a parallel of them of like a yin and a yang where like, you know, what happens when you are born into greatness and what happens when you are born into nothingness and how do you kind of achieve that greatness and how do you forge your own path when there's no path laid out for you? And then how do you forge your own path when the path, was laid out for you before you were even born. So I think it's possible to have still made them have their parallel. And I will say I've become very, very fond of Kylo and I should say Ben. I don't want to call him Kylo anymore. Kylo is dead. I really love the bond between Ben and Rey. And I think their relationship is really interesting and really special. And I just think that like it could have been done without the fan service and without the nonsensical plot of bringing back Palpatine. Also, side note, this means that someone had to fuck Palpatine. And I just want (laughs) us to think about that for a second. You know, it's It's funny. It's like Bellatrix fucking Voldemort and Cursed Child. I'm so angry about this. That was the
2: thought I had, too, when uh, that reveal came. In my notes, I wrote wrote Cursed Child because this is basically Cursed Child. It's basically fan
0: fiction. I never wanted to think about someone fucking Palpatine. Why would you do this to me, J.J. Abrams? Uh, I hope well, it was when he was so all I wrinkly mean, and weird right <laughs> yeah uh, I mean Palpatine was um, wrinkly yeah, and weird his whole life so
1: well not when he was Senator Palpatine from the nah, he was no he was still wrinkly and weird
0: was. I mean he was
1: he was older but he, he I mean wrinkly. like but he wasn't I, I, yeah but he was distinguished I mean, you're a Sith Lord you're wrinkly and weird yeah um yeah uh it's okay i mean like yeah this is one of the major problems i have with the movie that i'm still like i see exactly like what they were trying to do and my my dumb star wars brain is like yeah that makes sense um and but uh, but uh, on like a as on like a higher concept level of like looking at it from the trilogy as a whole is like they they're really trying to rework what the last jedi was trying to do which was say they were nobodies and then in this movie says well, well they, they, cho- they chose to be they chose to be nobodies uh brett palpatine tried to be a nobody and i'm just like brett palpatine. Sorry. I mean, we don't know who his name is, but but it's is probably he... like joe I mean, palpatine she palpatine had a son he probably named it sheev jr so who knows Bob um, Palpatine. Robert Pal. Hi, I'm Robert <laughs> Palpatine. Here, have you have you been in a car accident? Um, yeah. No, it's weird. I don't understand why Palpatine wouldn't have tried to make his son like the new emperor of if maybe he didn't have force powers, and so he he was able to like literally like run away and hide a granddaughter who had major force powers. Like it skipped a generation um and also yeah it destroys the idea I mean like I mean it doesn't destroy it because this this is where things get complicated for me because the last Jedi the last Jedi theme of anybody can be a Jedi is true but it's also not revolutionary because there were once thousands of Jedi in the galaxy and it just so happened there was unfortunately there was a massive genocide and so there was a lot less trained Jedi. There were probably four sensitive folks out there. Um, and so, but The Last Jedi sort of reintroduces that idea that anybody can be a Jedi um, with Broom Boy and all that. And that's great. And I love that. Um, and then this movie sort of it definitely shrinks that universe back down to Family Legacy, which was definitely something that J.J. was trying to reckon with with The the Force Awakens and definitely brought that back with this movie and did it in a way that reduces Rey's role down to being the granddaughter of somebody and that's not great. That's not great, Bob. Um, But on the flip side, she doesn't choose to be a Palpatine at the end. She's able to make her own destiny in a way. And I think that that's what the theme of this movie is, is sort of discarding the path that was laid down in front of you. And you say, no, I'm going to choose that path. That's just me.
2: I like that reading, Willoughby. I wish I had that reading too. But yeah, I, I can see i can see that coming from this movie. I can kind of see where J.J. Abrams was trying to go with it. I especially like the idea of him trying to expand upon family legacy and essentially doing what Ryan Johnson did with Last Jedi by like letting the past die, not letting that family legacy
0: define you, but in did a way that's not as successful. Die? No, no, no. Hold on,
2: hold on. Literally,
0: stop. That's do not right. give JJ Abrams JJ a- Abrams credit. I'm trying that he does to be not deserve... I'm trying
2: to be um, charitable here. No,
0: no, no. I'm not going to be charitable towards JJ Abrams. Do not. No. No. No, no, no. I refuse to let this man take credit that he does not deserve. He did not let the past die. He beat it over our heads. And couldn't think of anything new or interesting or original to do in a story that takes place in a freaking galaxy where anything is possible.
2: The Lando appearance was probably the
0: worst (laughs) thing I've ever seen, by the way. When he's just like, that was pretty bad. I also hated when Luke, like, Force Ghost Luke, like, pulled his, like, X Wing out of the water, like, an Empire Strikes Back callback, and I was like, this is unnecessary.
1: Yeah, but it's really fun to watch.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because I had the same feelings about Rogue One. I was like, there's too much Star Wars in my Star Wars. Like, I love the new characters. Let me have them. Let me have new stories. And JJ J. Abrams refused to give that to us because, again, he was so scared by the reaction to The Last Jedi. Yeah. And I'm so angry about it because it's just this is just a coward's film. You know, the problems
2: I had with Rogue One are similar to the problems I have with the plot of Rise of Skywalker. It's just a bunch of hopping around planets yeah. trying to find something, and they never it's do. Just,
0: it's just MacGuffin's and set pieces. Yep. Like there's no there's no real theme here. There's no depth with the characters. We never get to like live with the characters. It's JJ Abrams just has to get from plot A to P to C until he can finish the movie. Like there's there's nothing complex or nuanced about this film when even though it's all there for you Brian Johnson gave you a perfect setup to do something interesting and nuanced, and it didn't.
2: Instead, just... he was like, JJ Abrams was like, What about wayfinders? What if we spend half of this film looking for this dagger that then leads us to a wayfinder that then leads us. I don't no, know. No, no,
1: it's a wayfinder to a dagger to a Death Star. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. To... I... I'm got um, confused. I'm sorry. sorry. There,
0: there are too many MacGuffins to keep track of.
1: There's a MacGuffin of MacGuffins.
2: Yeah, this movie a, is just a mystery box of of MacGuffins.
0: It's
1: a MacGuffin.
0: It is. I, I apologize to Willoughby especially for like losing my cool there, because I know it's like be diplomatic, but it's interesting. I'm having the exact opposite reaction as you, Willoughby, as a lifelong Star Wars fan. Instead of trying to find the moments that I enjoyed. Instead, because I am such a big Star Wars fan, it makes this movie all the more frustrating for me. Like, I am having a kind that. of opposite reaction to you, is that, like, as a Star Wars fan, I feel insulted. And so, instead of trying to find the good moments and what I enjoyed, I am just left with, you know, I, I'm I'm more hurt because I'm a Star Wars fan.
1: Yeah, I get, I to, I, I get that. And... Yeah, Uh, I don't, I wish, I mean, like, I don't know, I I can't, I don't think I'd be, I'm going to be able to persuade anybody, because I don't really feel like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say I don't feel like defending it, because I like the movie, and I think that it does have some worthwhile moments in it. But, you know, we've, you know, people's, people's view, you know, art is subjective, and if you don't like the thing, you don't like the thing, and that's, and it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to argue because I don't, first of all, I don't like arguing and I, but like, I also don't know if I would have valid critiques because I think that if, you know, I started thinking about the way that they tried to rewrite Rey's parentage into being Palpatines and I was trying to come up into my head, I was trying to come up with like a, or like a reasoning behind it and I couldn't, I, it all seemed like it was sort of always JJ's intention to do something with her parentage to make it her yeah. somebody and it was and he really sort of you know you know you know when you're oh okay you know when you're playing a game of a gang of snake and the apple makes the snake lot lar- longer on your Nokia phone and there's <laughs> at some point where 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 the snake is just so goddamn long that you can't really do anything about it and you and, but and so you think oh I'll try going backwards and trying and then going backwards you end up eating your own tail. Right. And I think that that's sort of what happened with this film. But what, but I, but the, the prop, the, the, the conflicting issue here is that I, I see the fan service and I'm not upset. The snake looks but really I see cool. The, the snake is really cool. It's got a really right. fun design on it. <laughs> um, it is. And, and I think at the end of the like, day, and i like, you could even, and, and, and so, and, I guess maybe I have to take another look at the film, and maybe you know distance myself now, knowing when a, what you know what the what the film is. Even though I saw the the, the reactions and so maybe maybe my brain is sort of doing what people's brains did after The Phantom Menace, did, where it's like well, it has to be good at Star Wars, so like you sort of rationalize things that are like well, oh, George Urbinks is just a side character he's the new C-3PO, but then you're like, no, 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 he's a very racist character and you shouldn't think anything good about him uh, um, and so I you know, this movie's gonna sit with, you know, I have to sit with this movie and, you know, critiques the critiques of this movie are valid I don't th- like the pacing, I don't Particularly enjoy the the decision to make Ray um, a, a Palpatine. I hate the fact that Rose Tico isn't in this movie more, um, and that if they were gonna do anything with Princess Leia, they probably shouldn't have used re, re, reused uh, footage of uh, from. her from the Force Awakens because it was yeah. very clear that it was just it was just uh, the actors standing in front of nothing. Reacting to JJ Abrams off camera going, and now this is when Carrie Fisher said this line in The Force Awakens, and now react with this with this new dialogue that we've written to make it seem like she said something to you. And it was very, very obvious like that was that was what they were doing. And it was really a bomb. Um, and so like that was that's one of the major things. But then I was like overall I had fun with it. And it's sort of hard. I'm like reckoning this you know, I only saw the movie four days ago. I'm trying to reckon with the issues I, I have with it, but I'm also seeing the like the fun moments sort of outweigh the bad moments in my head right now.
0: And I think at the end of the day, I'm mostly just happy you enjoyed it because like I'd much rather have you enjoy a Star Wars movie than my... Like, I, I would rather you enjoy a Star Wars movie than me enjoy a Star Wars. I'm more invested in your enjoyment it's when so it comes lovely. to Star Wars. And like... So I'm happy you enjoyed it, and like that, that makes me very pleased and satisfied. And I think it's also like Star Wars is your fandom. It's extremely difficult for you to be objective and critical about this fandom. Just like there are certain like books and movies and things oh. that like it's hard oh. for me.
1: Oh, well, I could be critical of the. Fandom. No, I know,
0: I know you can, but it's it's it it's a different process when something's so close to your heart. Whereas, like, oh, I'm yeah. a big no, Star no. Wars fan, but, like, it's not nearly the way it's in my heart the way it's in yours, and, like, but there are other things that are very, very close to my heart that it's hard for me to be critical and objective um, in, like, a, a productive way. And so, like, I also get where you're coming from, because, like, this is something that means so much to you, and so the, your process to critique Star Wars is something that's very different, and it's perhaps a longer path, and I totally get that. And so I'm just really happy that you found so much to enjoy in this film. Um, because, honestly, you are the biggest Star Wars fan here, and so you're the one that should be being made happy by these films. Yes.
2: There is a great thread from Patrick Willems, who didn't really enjoy uh, Rise of Skywalker, but he posed the question to people on Twitter who had, asked them why they enjoyed it. And people said that it was just the feeling that it felt like a Star Wars movie to them. And um Yeah. I mean... I can't fault them for that because that's really just a very personal sort of reaction that people have. And, um, you know, if people like it because of that, then, you know, that's, those, that feeling is valid.
1: I mean, the, the Last Jedi is still the better movie. I'm not, uh, this is not me comparing it to, like, it's not better than that. That's horseshit. Um, the, 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 the issue here is that I have no basis, I have no way of critiquing a Star Wars movie like I know how to I know how to I've I studied film I know how to create I know how to critique a movie I know what makes a bad movie and there are ob- objective there are like technically like bad things in this movie I don't think everything is explained very well in this film um and that's a thing that J.J. Abrams always has an issue with it took me a long time to watch or it took me several like rewatches of I want to say star trek into darkness where i'm just like what is happening yeah um, star Trek Into Darkness like, he's is the worst lot,
2: he, of the jj abrams tendencies
1: he's got a lot of problems with storytelling and there's no doubt about that and it doesn't help that he was paired with the one of the one of the writers or at least the writer of uh, batman versus superman donald justice um which we got the infamous martha scene um we definitely like Chris Terrio should not have been the writer on this film. It should have been Lawrence Kasdan. I think I don't know why he didn't come back for this. Um, the, that explains
2: a lot, though, because the Martha reveal is pretty similar to the Ray's Palpatine reveal, and the idea that like there's one moment that hinges upon like all the character development in this
1: movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and but like you know the prequels are technically not great films but i still like them a lot the original trilogy they're great movies like the rogue one i really like solo we've you know we're mi- you guys are mixed on it but i mostly like it but then like there's individual things with all these films that are like not great um i usually skip the job the Hut scene in return of the jedi i don't you know like that's a full 20 minutes of the movie but i could do without it um and even though Return of the Jedi is probably my favorite Star Wars, if but like the one I think is the best is The Last Jedi. You know, there's a lot of things going on here in my head right now. And so like when it comes to critiquing the rise of Skywalker, I, you know, looking at it from a filmmaking perspective, like JG does a lot of things right, but then he does a lot of things wrong. And, but then I'm like, but it's also got the laser swords and there's cool ships and like my brain just goes back to being eight years old. Like it's really hard for me to say like, well this is. I mean like, I don't know. It's a weird movie for me to critique, even though I was even I was I think because the last Jedi is objectively a great film. It was really easy to yeah. review that film because it was like, well it's it's good. That's it. Yeah. Like there's a lot of good there's a lot of good things there. We're gonna be talking about this movie forever. Whereas the, Ra- the Rise of Skywalker is just sort of an ellipsis. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. But scary. I also had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun during that ellipsis, so I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. This is a weird movie, guys.
2: Yeah. Uh, I do I want to ask happens. you guys uh, one thing. What do you think about yeah. all of the sort of like necessary, extraneous material that's needed to understand the plot of this movie? Like, we've seen articles saying, like, this one Star Wars Rise of Skywalker uh, detail is something that was actually revealed in the um, – what was that uh, – video game that they did their big trailer premiere on. It was um Fortnite. Fortnite. Was actually revealed in the Fortnite event. Or this is actually something that appeared in uh so and so. So it's something that like it's all this extraneous material and feels so like all about that cross uh,
0: corporate synergy and everything i've been yeah i've been complaining about this since force awakens because i remember when stuff for force awakens came out in comic books and books and video games and i was like this is not how you tell a story if there is vital information it needs to be in your main movie and if it's not you're doing something wrong and if you can't figure out how to put it in there, you're doing something wrong, and you need to figure it out. I, I'm so annoyed because not everyone is a fan who will go out and pick up a comic book or a book or a video game. There are some people who are just going to see these main movies, and if they do not get a full story, then the writers of these movies have failed.
1: Yeah, um, I will say that. So there was an ex- there's. There was an. Ex- there's been an expanded universe of Star Wars for as long as Star Wars has existed. There's always been uh, toys that ha- come with a little backstory of each character, every background character, and sort of you know like Wikipedia is extensive because of that. Where sort of like backstories are fleshed out in books and uh, TV shows and mostly books because for a long time that's sort of all the media for Star Wars was and. But it was always, it was different because it was sort of a react. It was, it was always a reaction to the film. So it was always like, oh, well, there's a really cool character, Admiral Piat. That's a cool guy. What's he up to? And like, it was never, in, it, it never hinged on plot details. It was sort of always, it it was always to make the world of Star Wars bigger, which is sort, which was, which is very cool. Which is why there's, the like, the Star Wars expanded universe was incredibly um popular and successful for as long as lucasfilm was its own thing before being bought by disney and then disney said no we're gonna scrap all that and there you can still buy the books they're just going to be reprinted with a thing that says legends on it and now they have a new canon and that's where ben solo comes in that's where rey comes in and so and, and slowly but surely they've been filling out that the the new canon uh, with a lot of things from the old canon, but then some twists on it. So Ben, there's only one child, and for Luke and Leia, or for uh, Han and Leia, and he still goes to the dark side, but now his name is Ben instead of Jason. And so you you get some some similarities throughout the parallel universes, one could say. Um, at the, again, once again, J.J. Abrams likes to take what the established canon and just says, no, it's a different universe now, um, and. and So you get, uh, but but like you said, like these these uh, plot details or these character backstories are coming, uh, sort of not reactionary, but sort of in tandem with these new movies. Let's talk about.
0: Go go ahead. Sorry sorry.
1: Oh no, I was just gonna say. So like, there's a difference between how Disney's doing the expanded universe canon, or the their their new their, their new canon versus how. Lucasfilm and LucasArts did their expanded universe which is an after not I would afterthought is a reductive word, but you know what I mean where it's like they were like, okay, we're gonna take these characters that you, that you we're gonna we're gonna fight we're gonna do a whole, whole movie or a whole novel about Admiral Akbar. who's this guy? who knows? We'll figure it out um whereas this movie is now like y- yeah like Emperor Palpatine's broadcast uh, that is mentioned in the opening crawl was re- was shown or revealed or heard in Fortnite. And personally, I would like to know uh, what he said, but I'm not. I don't know anything about Fortnite, so I don't. Ha- I don't know if it's on YouTube. His, I'm not like really going to search turn it. His return
2: explained in exterior, like out, uh, th- the, those materials as well. Like it's not actually ma- explained in the movie, which I think is a big fault of the movie and uh, like uh, one of the glaring sort of fault errors. I, I have, mean, problems I have with this. Movie. Well,
1: I mean, I've. I would say I disagree with you where I'm like, oh, it's Palpatine. He's got some sort of Sith plan. I'm sure he's back. Like, I don't really, like, to. Like oddly enough, I don't care how he came back because I just know Palpatine's going to come back because he's Palpatine. He's Sheev Palpatine. He's going to come back. Um, so I'm just like, it does, that does actually doesn't need to be explained. I'm perfectly fine with Sheev Palpatine returning. Okay,
0: um, so hold on. Let me, let me jump in here. Let me jump in here. I got things to hi. say. We're going to get into character because I'm actually with you, Willoughby, on Palpatine. I don't really care. To know how he came back. I think it's stupid that he came back, but like, right, Sith Lord, powerful, Fair blah blah blah. He's like, he's like a cockroach who won't die. It's very annoying. Um stupid that he's in it. I don't that kind of information I don't care about. However, however, we're gonna get into character. I'm gonna talk about Benjamin Organa Solo and how JJ Abrams did him so dirty that I wanna send a horse's head to J.J. Abrams' bed. In the Marvel comic, The Rise of Kylo Ren, you learn, in fact, that Ben Solo did not kill his fellow Jedi trainees under Luke. Instead, the Force Temple caught fire by some unknown force and Ben cried when he saw it and said, this is not what I wanted. In the Force Awakens script and uh, novelization, you learn that Kylo Ren did not know about Starkiller Base, did not approve of it, was actually horrified by the fact that Hux wanted to use it and destroy planets. Yes, the fact that he still let it happen makes it, him makes him make makes him complicit, but it's still a very important fact about his character that he did not approve of this at the beginning of. Rise of Skywalker, when you see him killing people in that forest, what you don't know is who those people are. He's not just killing, like, random people who might side with the Resistance. He's killing Vader loyalists in the beginning of Rise of Skywalker.
1: Did you know that? That that? that planet's Mustafar, which is really funny because my brain went when I saw the planet from the exterior, I was like, oh, it's Mustafar. That's great. We're going back. But then when it cuts to Kylo on the planet and he's like, On the planet with trees. I'm like, what is this? And then it's explained in the visual dictionary that Mustafar has climate change issues. And so some of the planet is coming back to life.
0: (laughs) And it's full of Vader loyalists, and that's who he's killing. I don't want to buy a visual dictionary to know what's going on in this movie. You should not have to buy a visual dictionary to know what's going on in this movie. And listen, listen, I have been gunning for Ben Solo's redemption since The Force Awakens. I've said it from the very beginning I first saw this new trilogy, that he is a better character than Anakin Skywalker, and I cannot wait for his redemption, and it's going to be great. And then, and then, J.J. Abrams did him fucking dirty. And you know what? The bit we get of Ben Solo's redemption in this movie is beautiful. Entirely because of Adam Driver, mind you. Because when he has his conversation with Han, and he throws away his lightsaber and effectively kills Kylo Ren... Whew. I have so many feelings about Ben Solo in the end of this film. So many feelings. Okay, let's start. Um, one, his good boy Gap sweater. Whew. Oh my God. I
2: knew Whew. that would appeal to you. It's like the same thing as the hot priest uh, sweater that he that, yeah. that wears. Like, it's the one appealing thing that boys can wear that's like universally right. appealing. I don't right, know what it's it so is. good.
0: And then, throughout this entire trilogy, we've always seen Kylo Ren's pull towards his mom, towards Leia, towards the light, and this connection they have. However after he has this conversation with Ghost Han in Rise of Skywalker, and he like kills Kylo Ren, becomes Ben, goes to rescue Ray, he runs into a battle, no lightsaber, just with a blaster, feeling cocky as shit, and you're like, oh my god, that is Han Solo's child, and it is so emotional, and I'm like, Whew, Ben Solo, I love you. And Adam Driver, the way he performs his character, you can tell when he's Ben versus when he's Kylo, and it is a beautiful thing to witness. And then, J.J. Abrams had to go and take the fucking lazy cowardly way out and kill him to redeem him and that is not how you do a redemption arc, JJ Abrams. Kylo Ren, sorry, Ben Solo deserved to live, atone for what he did and become his parent's son and his own hero and people that did not mean people have to forgive him. That redemption does not mean forgiveness. But ben Solo deserved to live and he deserved better. And I am forever upset about it, you guys. Yes, I just redemption have so and many death. About ben Solo.
2: Redemption and death is so lazy because it basically absolves the character of all of the sins that they committed because they are sort of, you know, monumentalized in death or memorialized in death, and it's something that is really lazy because in death they can't atone in death they can't, um, you know, try to work. To become better people because that's just how they are they're just they're forever whatever their last action was and if that was a good action then that's fine but it also like doesn't mean that they grow at all it's just one final act of of goodness in the face of like all of these terrible deeds that came before it and that doesn't mean redemption at all it's just incredibly lazy and um, yeah uh, a cop-out on jj abrams because he does it completely the same as with anakin skywalker and that was interesting too, because Anakin is only really redeemed in his son's eyes. He's not exactly
0: redeemed by everyone else. Like, and that's kind of the same, right? It's that yeah. Only only Ray is the one who gets to see Ben be redeemed mm-hmm. and get to see like his heroic acts. And so like Ben's really only redeemed in the eyes of Ray, which arguably is the person he cares most about to like be redeemed for. Um, but it's still so frustrating. Also, side note, just think about the fact that Anakin killed the love of his life and Ben Solo gave his life for the love of his life. And I just think about that and then I cry myself to sleep. I
2: have to say, though, I hated their final kiss because it was... No,
0: the kiss was awful. Ooh, I... I liked that moment until the kiss. Like I, loved I was it.
2: like, I liked the silence. Uh, just gaze because I felt like that yes. said so much more than whatever like that super chaste terrible kiss was.
0: Yeah and the fact that he like smiled so wide at her and it was so cute and he was so happy and I really love their bond whatever it is. <sighs> yeah,
2: but sure. yeah the Adam Driver was... has a bent back from carrying this entire movie.
0: Oh my god. He, he needs to go to a chiropractor. He needs to go to physical therapy.
1: Ugh. Ugh it's true counterpoint uh george lucas once said it's like poetry it rhymes i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) no i know redemption and death is not great but but my my dumb brain is like well that's what they did in return of the jedi
0: but right so that's why they shouldn't have done it here But weren't you saying have, uh, before,
2: Willoughby, be that this was all about reckoning with family legacy and trying to rise above it and become different than that and choose to be your own person? That's what J.J. James was trying and, to do. So it's not gonna be and, about poetry I, rhyming or whatever. It's gonna be about doing something different and choosing to be something that you weren't that your that your path
0: wasn't set upon in the first place. And if if Ben Solo's gonna be able to do that, he has to, you know, be alive.
1: Yeah, no, I I get that. I wouldn't totally it be crazy
2: cool, like if he didn't follow the path of the of the man, the grandfather, that he idolized and turned out to be a false idol anyways because, like, wouldn't that be so much greater?
1: Yeah, it would. It'd be a great movie. Um, Sorry, <laughs>
2: right, Willoughby. I, I, I feel bad for just, no, like, I, on you. I'm but, just... I, uh, I'm,
1: uh, what, I'm try- what am I trying to say here? Uh, I think, like, I'm glad that we at least got some scenes of good Ben Solo. He was such a good cuz like with because with Darth Vader, we literally only get the two scenes and it's him on his deathbed. So there's not a lot there to basically do anything with. Um but at least with Ben Solo you get him like facing facing the emperor with Rey. You you get to see him and his uh uh defeat his boys. Um and with a, with an ex, an exceptional rich kid who went to fencing, uh, uh, energy, which mm-hmm. is really fun. Um, and 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 like uh, his 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 uh, his memory scene with Hans was was very good. I like that. Um, I have to say Pearson though, Harrison Ford showed up, just good.
2: Oh, I have to say though, I didn't entirely buy his turn, like the reason that he chose to become, to shed his Kylo Ren persona and become Ben, that's, I didn't buy it at all because it was the, basically hinged on Leia's death and him being sad about it. And I was like, okay. That's
1: the problem, <laughs> that's the problem with this movie is that the this movie should have been about Princess Leia mm-hmm. and Kylo Ren and Ben Solo. But unfortunately, Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher passed away and they didn't, They what they should have done is scrapped anything they were going to do. And just say Leia passed away off-screen. It was very sad. And but you know, and we've the Resistance has moved on. Poe is in charge. We're gonna fight the final fight. That's what they should have tried to do. In but they didn't, and they really hobbled it all together. That scene with with Han should have been with Leia. Um, It should have been either Leia herself projecting herself like Luke should have been a force ghost. It should have been something to basically try and get Ben Solo back. Um and the movie really muddles it. I completely agree. That he sort of Ray kills him or at least uh stabs him uh gives him back some health um and then <laughs> has this <character>. <laughs> and has and has um and has a the, the very uh, good scene with Han Solo throws away his, his evil lightsaber and makes his way to Exegol to get his, uh, um to be with Rey and defeat the Emperor and all that. Um, so I definitely think that like a, um, like a fundamental issue with this movie, uh, which is which is really unfortunate, is that they didn't have a good plan after Princess Leia passed away after Carrie Fisher died. They they just they tried their best to be to honor her with using deleted scenes from The Force Awakens and reworking it into the movie but it's just it didn't, it didn't work for me unfortunately yeah
0: <sighs> but... I think characters is where this movie fails like the hardest mm-hmm. cause like I think almost all of the characters are done dirty like speaking of Leia like to make me feel hollow about Princess Leia's death that mm-hmm. is a feat because I felt much of nothing when she died yeah other than when Chewie found out was the only moment I felt slightly emotional and I was like how do you manage that one J.J. Abrams and then as Willoughby has mentioned several times Rotiko is not in this film which is um a hate crime I hated it so much. It, it, I was
2: it, so awful. angry. The more I think about the angrier I get because yeah. they invite her to be on the adventure too. And she said, nah, I'm yeah, just going to look at the Star the Destroyer part. plans. And then Don, Dominic Monaghan's character, as much as I love Dom, Dominic Monaghan, he's basically just there to kind of steal Rose Tico's lines and not right. have, Be I was so serve confused. any purpose.
0: I was so confused by that. Yeah. And then I'm also... I thought Finn had the most boring arc in this film. It felt like just the whole time he was just chasing after Rey, being like, no, don't do that. Um, and then Someone... the implication that he's been pining after her is so awful.
2: Someone compared uh, Finn's arc to Anna and Frozen in that she, they both just spend time chasing after magical girls and screaming their names.
0: Like, that's those are it's their true. entire arcs. It, it's, it's true. So I hated that. Um, and then we didn't get a Poe Finn kiss, even though there was a perfect setup for it at the end, because Disney are cowards. My
2: favorite thing um, is when they introduce two female characters explicitly to take away from any Finn Poe uh, romantic notions, because we're yeah. gonna have you know Poe flirt with uh, Felicity, the sexy Felicity, yeah, <laughs> Russell's character, and um, a another stormtrooper like ex-stormtrooper like Finn just to be all like comrade-esque and forget about Which is Rose like,
0: altogether. Which thing that I would love to explore the idea mm. of like defecting stormtroopers like I love that but that doesn't that shouldn't come at the cost of Rose or at the cowardice to not pursue a like queer romance in Star Wars. Mm. So like that's my problem is that like I think Jana can be a really great character but like she instead is used to put down other diversity and like that is a problem and i also have no problem with poe flirting with zori because personally i've always read poe as either like bi or pan or queer like i do not read poe as a gay man um and so i'm like yes poe like flirt with everyone i wanted him to make out with laura dern in the last movie like poe poe should get to flirt and make out with whoever he wants like he's poe dameron the problem is that when you have all the fans who are like, Poe, Finn, Poe, Finn. And then you introduce this female character, and you have Poe flirt with her so openly. And then, like, not kiss Finn or not flirt with Finn anymore. That's when it starts to feel no homo mm-hmm. So, like, it's not the existence of her that's the problem. It's how they use her that's yes. the problem. And also, Poe's characterization was all over the place in this film. It feels like he did not keep any of the lessons he learned in The Last Jedi. Yeah. And as you will know, Poe is also my boy next to Ben. So, like, ugh, J.J., stop doing me dirty like this. Yeah. But like, Poe really regressed he went, in this movie. He was all over the place, and it was so terrible. And, like, especially after the beautiful arc he had in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. And, like, Finn's yeah.
2: arc was also non-existent. Um, I mean, we talked about him chasing after Rey and just, like, calling her name the entire time. But, the like, the whole thing that he learned in Last Jedi, too, the uh, idea of the casualties of war and the, the little people who get trotted underneath, like, he... Even being a defect, a uh, stormtrooper who defected doesn't entirely see the the scope of that. And Rose was such a perfect encapsulation of that. And we, again, like we were saying, it the universe seemed so big and vast before, and now it seems so small. It's about just like this one little faction, you know, fighting against um, the First Order, which is, you know, a great story, but we've seen it all before. And I feel like we don't get all of those little people anymore. And um, I see, I think too, just like the introduction of introduction of Jana is almost a little bit of a repeat of that because it feels kind of like oh you know we saw what they were doing and it was horrible and we defected I'm like we kind of already did that with Last Jedi and like not to um invalidate like her character her story because it was interesting and great but it just felt so redundant to me and like we're cause, like Foe already went through this in his arc and then of course it's never picked up on at all <sighs> so yeah the arcs non-existent in this movie because Their only arcs are chasing MacGuffins. Um, We've already talked about Rey and her horrible arc. And even though we see what J.J. is trying to do, it just completely um, does away with everything that she learned and everything that she did in the past two movies, honestly. And um, anything else? Any other arcs that we want to talk about for people? Or any other characters that you want to give a shout out to? Babu Frick. Oh, Babu Frick. He's a good boy
0: i want to let uh willoughby go but i do just want to say as one final note uh general armitage huck hucks is uh wonderful i knew you're and gonna donald to that. gleason donald gleason is the best it was so funny because when it was real he was the mole my first immediate thought was this makes no sense he did star killer if you are a mole and then you destroy planets you are no longer a mole. You have switched sides. So I was like, "What?" And then he revealed his reasoning was just so Kylo Ren would lose. And I was like, "The level of petty!" I was like howling with laughter. That was one of the true brightest spots of this movie. Also, Oscar Isaac was a hundred percent about to break in that scene when he was like, "I knew it was you." Mostly because he was probably just like, "Oh my god, best friend Donal." <laughs> um,
2: so yeah, I thought that was fun. Donald Gleeson just kind of stole that scene.
0: Absolutely. He still all the scenes. He's the best. He does. Um, Willoughby, tell me your positive thoughts about characters and tell me an HT to shut up with our critiques.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you guys to shut up. You have <laughs> legitimate problems with this movie, and that's totally fine. Um, I liked Poe. I thought Poe was. I thought. I I mean I, I I think that he was he was definitely weirdly rough around the edges, but I also think it's because they're in a dire position right now. So I don't see him not being stressed out and like sort of snapping at other people. Um, I thought he and Finn still had a great rapport. I like when they went general general. It's like that was good. That was a good moment. Um, I like that Finn was discovering that he was force sensitive across, throughout the movie, even though I don't think they've. They definitely didn't resolve that in any sort of good way um, but it was, was sort of it was really I mean like that's ultimately what I think he was gonna say to Ray was I, holy shit I think I'm also forced sensitive um, and I think it either in a longer cut of this movie or in a different cut of this movie there's probably more to that um definitely seems like something that was put on left on the cutting room floor I like Zoe bliss she was great Russell is always a treat in this in these in in anything um and babu frick is babu frick he's i mean he's babu frick what can we say he's babu frick um uh babu frick for president please i, I mean yeah i mean it, until we figure out until we find out that babu frick did something impeachable um and he has to be hung up on high crimes and misdemeanors then we're gonna get into yeah. that yeah we're to uh,
2: say that babu frick is racist. <laughs>
1: Babu Frick has been milkshake ducked um no he's he's good um i mean the characters are i uh i like that i like that bb8 was on the star destroyer and he was doing his best to ride with the horses and be like i'm on the i'm on the case with you guys um that was good <coughs> excuse me um yeah no i, I think Ray's Rey, arc was I still have to watch. I still have to see the movie more times to really figure out how I think about Ray's arc. Because on one hand, I like what Daisy Ridley was doing, and I and I like the, you know, she was reacting, and you know, like her character was reacting. I think her character would react. Um, But I also like Palpatine of it all. You know, Uh, I mean, Palpatine as a character has always been. A silly mustache twirling villain, and he's still that. And I'm, you know, more power to Ian McDermott for basically go just taking, just looking at a a honey baked ham and just said, that's just gonna be my dinner for the rest of the <laughs> for the rest of the week while I'm on set here. I'm just gonna eat this honey baked ham and you guys film me while I do that. Um, and that's basically what he was doing, um, which is fine. Um, he was chewing the hell I out, of, out of that scenery. Yeah, he, he's got ham-flavored gum, and he's just munching away at it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I like the movie, for the most part.
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess I just don't get the Palpatine of it all. It's just, I mean, maybe it's because I'm more of a casual Star Wars fan than you, and I find it frustrating that he just he's just there. Well, um... yeah, because
1: he's, he's, I mean... I don't know ultimately what their plan was after Snoke, but like, I mean, Snoke was just Palpatine. He was, yeah. he was also just a Palpatine in terms of like him being like a big mustache twirling villain. Mm. So I think that, you know, going back to the original uh, villain is a regression, but I also think. And
2: apparently in this movie, in the a larger. puppet of,
1: of Palpatine too. Like a fucking clone actually. Yeah. Um, uh, like a literal puppet. <laughs> um, but Palpatine's the, you know, he's sort of the big destructive force across all three trilogies, so it makes sense to bring him back, but it also doesn't, because it'd be really more interesting if Kylo Ren was the big bad, and then he had to be redeemed like that. Uh, Which I thought that's what they were going to do after Last Jedi, which would have been really interesting to be like, I'm in command now, I'm the mustache-twirling villain, and Ray goes like, no don't be a, don't be a dick and he goes oh okay I won't <laughs> um yeah I think yeah I don't I don't I wish I had more compelling evidence to to say like why the movie was great but I think that I'm sort of fighting with my filmmaking you know side of me and also the fanboy inside of me and I don't want to be like fanboy online who's mad online about his, how his star wars isn't his star wars because the last jedi was great i think all these movies are good um but i just i don't want to ramble on here so i'll just say that the you know yeah i said this at the beginning of the movie at the, at the beginning of the episode yeah you put it into star wars you, you get messed this up the first time you get out of star wars what you put into it and so you know if you're gonna be if if you're disappointed by the way that these characters are in this movie that's totally that's how it is i mean like i i I can't convince you that these that but like but my brain i don't know is working differently yeah
0: that's fine and
2: i don't think you have to apologize for being a star wars fan
0: yeah not at all or liking this film
2: yeah well, maybe again i'm really himself. happy that you liked it just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but um, i think yeah yeah but uh i think we've uh exhausted the conversations on plot and characters and we've touched on themes too are there any other themes that we want to touch on i feel like we've gotten most of it the themes that, that exist in this movie <laughs>
1: No, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean this movie hard. Like, ironically enough, is like just like it's light on theme. It's pretty yeah. much uh, about like confronting your past history, your your family history. Uh, I and will say,
0: trampled uh, themes.
1: Damon Lindelof did generational trauma a lot better than The Rise of Skywalker did.
0: There you go. Yeah, he did. There you go. See?
1: Yeah, one uh,
0: Loft alum knows how to do
2: it. All right, well, with that then, let us uh, give our rating for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, oh uh, I'll give, I'll go with you first, Willoughby.
1: Okay, 3.5 how- out of
2: 5. 3.5 out of 5. All right, Anya, how much do you give?
0: No go first, HT.
1: Oh, No. Oh, oh. Give it two Anya, out of five. you're breaking my heart. You're going down a path that I can't follow.
0: Come back. <laughs> Anakin.
2: All right. I give two out of five.
0: Anya. <sighs> I give.
1: Can oh. you do it?
0: Five stars. What? Oh, okay. To Ben Solo's sweater. <laughs> sure. And I okay. give the movie... Yeah. Oh god.
1: Do it. Break my heart. Do it. Crush it into pieces.
0: <laughs> like sand. Stomp on the ground. Oh. Yeah. Do it. I'm Do just it. conflicted if I want to go any lower than 2.
1: Do it. Because we've talked about it and have you ever heard of the tragedy of doth plague us the wise? Oh god. The doctor the paths and many abilities that some consider to be unnatural hold on he hold, said on, hold on. <laughs> on
0: hold on Hold hold on, on. ht why did you give it a two and not go any lower i think yeah, the, i, the, like I think the cast
2: um is a lot of fun and i think the set pieces and the action sequences are entertaining
1: yeah it's a good
0: movie this is so this is one of the hardest ones okay I am gonna give Rides of Skywalker a reluctant two stars alright so
2: the Millennial Falcon gives Star Wars the Rise of Skywalker 2.5 out of 5 stars which is fair you know that's a 5 out of 10 which is exactly what it got on Rotten Tomatoes
0: I'm like like, it's a failing
2: grade it's a 50% you know what it works it's like it works that is, for some that people is, it works it doesn't work for others 50 50 the
1: american school system is messed up and we shouldn't agree with this 50 percent still means 50 percent. some people liked it some people didn't this is true yep
2: all right with that let's move on to the last segment of our episode i really 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 like you but i need to tell you something
1: Willoughby. You know what? I'm going to double down. Five out of five stars. This movie, best picture. Let's do it. All the way. Is that going to be your You know what?
2: Is that going to be your really like, too, Willoughby? President of the
1: United States of America. Chris Terrio for Vice President. I'm just
2: kidding. (laughs) So, Willoughby's really like for the week. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. A five out of five movie for him. Willoughby, what is your your really like? It can be Star Wars. I was joking, but it can be.
1: I mean, no, that'd be weird if my my really like was what we just talked about. Um, the thing that I really like this week is Avatar: The Last Airbender. Hey, I, the better of Star we, Wars. My, <laughs> my girlfriend and I have been rewatching the entire series this weekend. We are two episodes away from ending from finishing it, which means that we're smack dab in the middle of Sausen's Comet. This show is so good um i hope to do an episode about it
0: wink wink nudge
1: nudge uh pretty soon uh it's it it tells it tells a really i mean like what what's there to say about avatar the last airbender that hasn't already been said it's a great it's one of the greatest tv shows of all time uh definitely one of the greatest animated television shows of all time kids programming like nickelodeon really knocked it out of the park with this series and the characters are great The, the development of those characters is fantastic i mean prince zuko of the fire nation is just one of the greatest like redemptive characters of all time um and in this rewatch uh it's really evident like from the get-go that like he's never been evil he's just been trying to do his best by his father and realizes that his father has been uncle iroh this entire time um and I mean, Katara and Sokka and Aang and Toph, they're the best. Suki's great. Uh, the whole show is phenomenal. And it's, you know, I sort of did the rewatch this weekend very pointedly to be like, I'm going you know, this movie's not been great, not been getting good reviews or the reactions have been mixed um, on social media. So I've been trying to, like, kind of stay off of Twitter Away from the discourse um, and sort of watch something that is good for the soul and pure of heart. And that show is Avatar and The Last Airbender, a Nickelodeon production um, currently in development on a remake. And The Legend of Korra is also a very good show. And probably going to rewatch that right after this because I have both on Blu ray. That is my really like for the week.
2: All right. Yes. Avatar The Last Airbender is very good. Zuko is my baby boy. Uh, as we talked about before, I think, on our Villains episode. <laughs> well, Anya, what is your really like for this week?
0: So, Cats is a <laughs> movie that happened. Uh, it is not a good movie. It is a baffling movie. However... Two things that I really like. Android Weber is the tormenting soul who will not leave me alone because all his music slaps. And now I can't stop listening to Cat <laughs> because the songs are just so goddamn catchy. Most specifically, Skimble and Mr. Mistopheles.
2: I, I cannot. I woke oh, up this morning with Mr. Mistopheles stuck in my head, and I don't I, know so, why.
0: As Miss, as magical Mr. Mr. Mistopheles. I the the songs are so catchy, and like in whatever, like I God, this man will not leave me alone. <laughs> I have loved the music of every musical he's ever done, and I'm so annoyed at it because they're all they have, they have all the problems. But God, he writes good music, and I hate him for it. Um, But even more than that, Laurie Davidson in this movie is so much, and I love him so much, and I'm so happy for him. So, backstory: Laurie Davidson is a young English actor who is uh, relatively unknown. Um, However, he played the titular role of William Shakespeare in the TNT series, Will, which you might remember I loved a whole lot. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah, he was, that, he was that great. That was
1: thing that happened.
0: He was great in Will as Shakespeare, and I loved him a lot, and he hasn't really done much since, and I was like, man, like I want you to do more. Then he got cast in Cat, and I was like, oh boy. I was like, this is not what I meant when you I said you should do more, Lori. Um, the
1: cat's paw curled.
0: Uh, yeah. However,. He's really cute and really charming in this movie. He plays the magical cat, Mr. Mistopheles. And unlike in the musical, in the stage musical, he is in the entire film. Whereas in the stage musical, he shows up pretty much to do one thing. um, And the song in the musical about him is sung by other people. He does not sing his own song in the musical at all. And so the fact that they made him a main character where he got to be in the ensemble of songs and sing part of his own song was so lovely because I was so happy to see Laurie Davidson be doing more and being such a charming presence on the screen. And then the movie went and made me ship cats because Mr. Mistopolis and Victoria have a cute little thing going on in the movie, which again is also not in the stage musical. And I was like, Wait, I'm so here for this. Francesca Hayward and Laura Davidson have great chemistry as digital fur technology cats. And I was very uncomfortable. But also, anytime they were on screen together, I was like clutching my face in glee. It was all very confusing for me. One of the funniest things about cats
2: is not only everything that you said, but the fact that the Lovendress is a magician.
0: (laughs) He's a magical cat. He brings old Deuteronomy back. Uh, He's really
1: special. I have a question. I have a it's question. A
0: You've never seen such yes, a clever
1: Willoughby. cat. So, for the past, like, five or six months, whenever I've brought up cats on this podcast, one Anya Crinton, <laughs> uh, was would always uh, say we're never going to talk about cats. And we're not going to talk about Tommy Hoops. And I'm we're not talking
0: about Tommy Hoops.
1: D- you're not. But you are talking about Cats the Movie, a movie that, I'm a motion picture that was filmed single, and edited.
0: I'm talking about a single actor in this movie who I have loved before this movie, had a big role in this movie that I did not expect, and was really lovely in this movie, and really gave it its all, and I wanted to see him become a star, and I'm also talking about the fact, which I had acknowledged before, that Android Webber is the, like, drug I cannot quit, and I'm so annoyed what, at him for it.
2: What movie is this you're talking about, Anya? What is this movie? Yeah, with- what, what's
0: the movie yeah, that's the scary, uh, huh? This movie is um Lori Davidson's <laughs> singular role in the movie Cats. Not the movie itself, mm. but Laurie Davidson in Cats. Well, let me also
2: get this straight. You are talking so you about like the, movie the movie Cats in your really like section of the week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm All not saying that about. I'm not saying that Cats is my really like. I'm saying that Lori Davidson is you my really heard life. it here first,
1: folks. Honestly, you guys didn't hear like anything. Week. My yes. really likes. Nice. is really gunning for Cats for Best Picture, I've
0: She
1: heard. is. me like, for she's Best Director. She's doing her own FYC screenings in Los Angeles for Cats to film.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull a Macavity, and there's going to be a crime scene on this podcast, and you're not going to find me at
1: the scene of the crime. See, the thing is, I haven't seen the movie Cats, so I don't know the reference that you're saying. say. <laughs> No, but I have, and now
0: I've gone insane. Isn't that great? <sighs> Willoughby, you've been talking oh, about cats turntables.
1: for
2: months, and of all people to see cats early, it is Anya.
1: And oh, I, I- am. to bring up cats on this podcast. It Listen, is not me. Like, I used to say, she's talking
0: about cats. Laurie Davison deserves to be talked about. He deserves to become a star. Also, I may or may not have plans already to see Cats two more times with two separate people. That is hilarious. Oh, yeah.
2: That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my
0: life. Right now, my 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 life currently consists of the Cat soundtrack and crying about Ben Solo. That is the entirety of my life right now. Would you say it's a catastrophe?
1: Would you say that you have bad memories?
2: <laughs> would or would you say that this is just perfect?
0: <sighs> um, I'd like to inform everyone that this is my last episode of the <laughs> Millennial Falcon. <sighs> I cannot come back after this.
1: what okay the real question is when are we impeaching tom hooper
0: (laughs) honestly truly okay my really like adam driver laurie davidson they're my really like this week and take a bat what you will ht please go okay well my really
2: like for this week is actually something we'll be talking about in an episode next week so this is a nice little tease it is greta gerwig's adaptation of little woman oh my god i love this movie I wanted to just wrap myself up in this movie and never leave it, and just watch, and just stay in this world forever. Greta Gerwig has crafted such a rich and vibrant world out of Louisa May Alcott's classic story in a way that feels like a cozy blanket of a film. She shoots the past. Um, well, she does a fun thing with it is that in that she creates a new structure for um, this film instead of going chronologically. She kind of jumps between time and between the narratives of adulthood and childhood and the childhood has this beautiful warm glow to it whereas adulthood is a bit more stark and gray and it works so effectively and um really strengthens sort of like the ongoing themes of childhood and loss and innocence and coming of age and the romance of this movie oh you guys will love the romance a lot of meat cutes a lot more um lori and amy and oh by the way, yes, I love Amy now. I love her. Took not you only, long enough. Oh, how the
1: turntable! Oh,
2: how the turntables. <laughs> it's not just due to Florence Pugh's hysterical performance as Amy March, but Greta Gerwig really just hones in on what makes Amy such a compelling character and a character that we don't want to see ourselves in, but is so... Um, just uh reflective of a lot of people she is you know she's always been painted as the veins spoiled younger sister but she has this emotional maturity to her that is really interesting and I want to say that that Greta Gerwig modernizes it, but I don't think that does justice to what she does. She just kind of expands upon what was already there in Amy, in Amy March, and I love her. I love I love everything she does with the characters. I love that she gives a rich interior life to all of the characters, and just, not just the Joe March story. And well, and Saoirse Ronan is also just like phenomenal, Oscar worthy as Joe March. She also gives Joe like a few more ragged edges, and I really love that. So. Little Woman, uh, coming out uh, December 25th, Christmas Day. One of my favorite movies of the year. Honestly, maybe my second favorite movie of the year. It's, I love it so much. I can't wait to see it again and again and uh, to buy the, the Blu-ray and watch it on rotation every Christmas. It's perfect. It's a perfect movie. So that's my really like for this week and that's also a nice tease of what we'll be talking about next week as we talk about Little Woman and the impact it's had on us.
0: Yes, we will. But that is our episode for today. If you guys have any thoughts on the Star Wars trilogy that just concluded or Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker I cannot speak, uh, as a film, come chat with us. You can also chat with us about things you're really liking this week or our really likes, including Avatar the Last Airbender, Little Women, or Lori Davidson in Cat. I want no other discussion about Cat on my timeline unless it has to do with Lori Davidson. Because cats is not in my the really movie like.
1: Cats in the movie Cats.
0: Because cats is not my really like. Laurie Davidson is my really like. In general, not just in Cats. In general. But you liked him in a movie that has
2: title Cats.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, we all I'm like a lot of Patty. things, don't we? <laughs> that we don't have just, the choice whether or not we like it. So. You know,
1: I'm just, I'm, you know, like my, like my forebear, Armitage Hux, Hux, uh, as a ginger, I'm just being very petty, so.
0: Oh, I know it. I know it. Um, but yeah, come chat with me. Uh, do not chat with me about cats unless it has to do with Lori <laughs> Davidson. Everyone, oh tweets on your
2: solely so about cats.
0: <laughs> anyway, that's our episode. Uh, Where can they talk to us, Willoughby, if they don't want to uh, be murdered on the internet by me if they say certain things?
1: If you want to come chat with us about cats, you can uh, talk to us uh, on Facebook at the millennial falcon podcast on twitter at falcon podcast uh, our blog is millennial falcon podcast dot wordpress.com you can rate review and subscribe and talk to us about cats on itunes google play and soundcloud and where can they find you guys and talk about cats on the internet
0: you can find me and talk to me about cats at htran buoy you can find me and talk to me exclusively about ben solo or Lori davidson at anya crittenton on twitter
1: and you can find me on Twitter at Willoughby Dodds. Talk about cat.
2: Alright, thanks for joining us, guys. Meow! Bye! Uh. Bye. Bye. Oh, God!